Tech German Perspectives is brought to you by the Tech German Young Professionals Program. To find out more about the network, visit our Facebook page by searching CGYPP. You're listening to a new episode of Czech German Perspectives, a podcast featuring a variety of voices from both countries. My name is Tillman and I'm here with Bianca. Hi, Tillman. The topic of our program has been sustainable business and lifestyle. So we are thinking about which topic we can have in our podcast and um, The topic we've chosen uh, actually was kind of lying in front of my door since I'm living in a tiny house. Well, it was lying in front of the door for you, but not for me, but um, because I had to make some contacts in order to actually find a few people both For me in the Czech Republic, for you, it was easy because you just asked your neighbors in Germany. But we wanted to find out uh, uh, who's actually living in a tiny house and for what reason and how did they actually plan to build a tiny house. And we are going to hear a few voices um, from Berlin and from Prague and from other parts of the two countries uh, about their experience of living in a tiny house. So let's hear what Simon and Nika have to say about this. No, it's ages ago. Actually, yeah, it is kind of a process. I mean, nowadays it is really hip and you hear about it everywhere. But for me, it started with this German TV show. It's called mm, Löwenzahn. And it is kind of about a guy living in a very simple form of tiny house and doing fun stuff. So as a kid, I was always intrigued to have that kind of life. Now I have parts of it, which is nice. Well, I can totally feel uh, Simon <laughs> because I watched uh, the series uh, also a lot when I was a child. <laughs> Me too. I think everyone who grew up in Germany in the 1980s, 90s knows uh, Peter Lustig, no? Yeah. But it seems so that not only in Germany, uh, it, uh, tiny houses are just a fashion thing or modern thing, but I think it also always is kind of deeply rooted in the families. And I think that's also what actually Nika says, no? Okay, from beginning, my start <laughs> is uh, actually with my parents <laughs> because uh, they built kind of tiny house. Mm -hmm. You know, in Czech, we have these uh, Maringotka, uh -huh, mm -hmm. just kind of tiny house. <laughs> uh, so they decided to build one for selling trees, Christmas trees. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm, maybe I can live in that <laughs> but then I was traveling as well so I spent some time in Turkey but actually it was just with my luggage and I realized that okay that's enough like I don't need anything else mm -hmm. like I need just really few things so I came back to Czech Republic and I decided like oh, let's build something. <laughs> uh, but I didn't have a lot of money for that. Uh, I didn't know where I want to stay, if I want to live in my hometown or in Prague or whenever. So I decided to build a tiny house. That's how decisions are made. <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, I'm wondering um, if somebody 
as the idea to move to a tiny house if it's easy for everybody or say like which kind of obstacles are there if somebody wants to move there yes i think we can um hear that um, especially people from when they travel then they come back and then they see well they don't actually need so many things so they might just need a small house or small flat to live in and still maybe they also want to keep the feeling of being a bit on the road but of course there's a very romantic idea behind it but um as you said, and as maybe Nika already just introduced a little bit, it's not that easy. So let's hear what um, our interview partners say about uh, what kind of obstacles they had to face or uh, what were the biggest hurdles. And I think we are going to hear Antonin and Marta. Yeah, I was uh, living in a flat. It's like uh, it's the heat every time, hot water every <laughs> time. You just don't need to do anything for this except like pay some bills. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, first uh, the, the theory sounds really easy. Then sometimes uh, you find yourself uh, in this um, position of thinking like, yeah, it was much easier when I was there. It was more space. So sometimes you need to be more uh, control and manage your things because there is not so much space uh, in a mm -hmm. tiny house. So uh, there's like a solution to reduce your stuff you use. Antonin just mentioned that uh reducing stuff in a tiny house is very important not only because there's not so much space in a tiny house but it might also be the philosophy of living in a tiny house just having less things also um, the financial aspect might be an argument that we actually don't need to spend uh, so much money on things uh, but uh, we might think that living in a tiny house is also a cheap way of living, but we might be wrong. Well, I do think the price is an obstacle and I think it's often ridiculous how some people portray it as being a w cheap way of living, even though you do need quite, yeah, some thousand euros to start off at least. Because, yeah, even if you buy like an already existing tiny house, it might cost a few thousand and then you might need to yeah figure out a good insulation and heating method and all these things just add up and i yeah i think that's something to be aware of i think so it's interesting that there are different aspects what can be an obstacle for me actually um the biggest issue was to find a place where i can put my tiny house I wanted to live in or around Berlin and the housing situation is quite tense here and in Germany also we have some legal problems sometimes with uh, tiny houses so it was uh, yeah quite difficult actually to find a place to live in a tiny house. I think also Antonin uh, added something uh, to the legal uh, framework of tiny houses um, so maybe we can hear him about that too. Uh, as I said, uh, this is uh, in the category uh, of uh, gardening area. So uh, for example, 
uh, here in Czech Republic, this uh, status of the land mm -hmm. has uh, maximum 25 square meters uh, of uh, possible, um, uh, yeah, like, like, like the size of the house that is mm -hmm. maximum, maximally allowed by mm -hmm. the uh, building law. Yeah, I think these restrictions uh, differ in Germany, even from a federal state to federal state. There are big differences. Talking about building it, I think not only the area is of importance, but also how it is built. And this leads us to the next question where we asked um, our interview partners if they think uh, if it's more sustainable or ecological to live in a tiny house? Yeah, of course, because uh, I'm going to be completely off-grid. Mm -hmm. uh, so I will have water tanks in my tiny house. Mm -hmm. So basically, you have to count every drop of water <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, water will be like a gold <laughs> for me. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. So I think it's really huge impact because... Um, you're thinking differently when you're washing your hands or washing your dishes or taking shower, you know? For Nika, suddenly uh, water will have the same value as for some people might have gold. And um, that might be a suitable picture for describing how uh, valuable actually housing can be. And that uh, having such a house and building an uh, an own small house actually leads to the, the fact that you think differently about certain things. You might also think more uh, in circles uh, in how to use things that you just don't only use them once, but maybe several times. But of course, it's a decision you have to make. Yes, I would say it can be more sustainable and environmental friendly to live in a tiny house than to live in a normal flat or house if you uh, choose to do it like that. So it depends, um, of course, on your decisions as well. You can um, also uh, put your wastewater into the nature and build your tiny house with plastic, of course, but uh, that's not the idea. Um, so if you start from the beginning, um, how can I use environmental friendly materials for construction and how can I um, reduce my electricity uh, um, amount and how can I um, uh, think more in uh, circles for reusing then, of course, it can be a sustainable way of living. We've just heard Annika's opinion. Let's see what Simon has to add here. Well, at the place we're living at, at I think there's quite, an, quite a DIY spirit, so which means also recycling a lot of things. And I have to say, I think our footprint is way smaller than before. We've learned it can be more ecological or more sustainable. At least some of the people we ask think that way. 
But actually, was this a big issue for them to choose to move to a tiny house or is it just some extra benefit? Marta. No, I just wanted to live as cheap as possible. And it seemed like a good option to have like some, yeah, freedom in how you live, but then connected to being able to live rather cheap. I think also that both in Czech Republic and in Germany, this is for people an issue, especially for people living in big cities where the rents are quite high. But let's hear what Annika says to this topic. Definitely, that was an aim uh, when I chose this form of living to do it more ecological and uh, more climate friendly and to also live closer to nature. We can see that uh, it's of course the financial aspect that people decide to live in tiny houses that nowadays it's very difficult especially in the big cities to find a place to live or Young people cannot afford to um, build houses or even get a mortgage, for example, or they maybe don't want to be bound um, as such. So a tiny house actually gives a possibility to kind of have a small house, but still enjoy the freedom of maybe even traveling with a tiny house and also to afford a tiny house. Although we've of course heard aspects that it's a bit underestimated that a tiny house can get quite expensive as well. But as uh, Annika just said, um, also having the chance of living close to nature is one of the main reasons for people to live um, in a tiny house. And maybe that's also one of the aspects that fascinates um, our interview partners about uh, the image of living in a tiny house or maybe what's also um, attractive to some people who think about living in a tiny house in the near future or maybe at least partly. So that's why we've asked our um, interview partners both in Germany and in the Czech Republic uh, what kind of motivation is actually um, or was actually behind their idea of uh, living there. Is it just nature? Especially during Corona I, I stayed two weeks in Prague in, my, in our flat and I was like completely oh exhausted about that I really just wanted to go out so then I moved back home kind of <laughs> and I just wanted to you know stay in the forest for some time or go for a run or whatever so yeah that was really uh, one of the reason I wanted to build house because I didn't want to be locked in the flat I wanted to spend more time outside so being close to nature and more outside is definitely a thing in moving into a tiny house. Also for me, it was one of the main reasons to move here that I enjoyed quite a lot to just walk out of my big transparent front door and being yeah, 
in the green surrounding and uh, having fresh air and a small lake nearby. Um, also during Corona, that was uh, quite a big privilege actually. That's what I thought actually, that especially during Corona times, um, this must have been a big motivation and maybe this will also lead to a rise of, of tiny houses maybe or rise of interest in tiny houses. Don't you think so? Could be. I think especially during the last couple of years, the prices for used tiny houses became quite high, actually um, too high, I think I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, if you want to buy a used tiny house, uh, it's easy to end up with a totally overpriced uh, item. And I think one reason for this is uh, that more and more people want to live outside in that way. And um, especially during Corona, um, this need of the people to um, be more outside and also um, the possibility to be more outside because they can do home office um, yeah grew bigger yeah but uh, most of the people we talked to already decided to live in a tiny house um, before corona uh, so these aspects maybe just strengthened their need for living in a tiny house. Um, and we will hear more about um, their fascinations and attractions regarding uh, tiny houses. And that's why we would like uh, also like to hear Josie and Simon next. Yeah, this concept of, um, of less... Um, things around you so uh, maybe you're um, able to um, focus or concentrate on specific uh, things when you're not um, uh, distracted by by other um, yeah stuff that yeah disconnects you from from focus or or um, yeah other important topics Yeah, for me, it is being able to do whatever I want with the space I'm living in. So if you have a renting flat, you're just bound to a lot of regulations. And in a tiny house, you can do whatever you want and you can learn whatever you want. I mean, within this whole process, I learned how to do electricity stuff and water things and Yeah, it's just really nice. I learned tons of things and now I can do everything myself. I think that this was also um, a thing for Antonin, right? Exactly. Um, he's describing how he actually built his tiny house. So uh, a tiny house is really a do-it-yourself project and... Uh, I think Antonin can already give you an instruction um, how to build a tiny house. And so I decided uh, to build up the tiny house uh, on a more, um, let's say, uh, equipped uh, base. So it's uh, fully uh, capable to live. Um, yeah, I'm using, um, uh, from beginning, uh, it was actually without any power supply, no water on site. So 
uh, I was I was forced to uh, use uh, some of the solar energy, uh, some of the petrol uh, electro stations to do the work, run the tools. So um, the house is uh, containing of two uh, small containers. Uh, these uh, were from metal and wood. So I just uh, connected them together. Uh, in, uh, the between part uh, opened, so it's creating uh, like one space right now, which is divided into a living room um, uh, together with the kitchen. Then there's a small separate bedroom and of course a toilet. Wow, that's very impressive that he has built everything without having water supply or energy supply. I think that's very hard and respect. <laughs> so I think um, if you plan to build a tiny house, Antonin is definitely a person to contact to um, get advice on how to build a tiny house uh, from scratch. And uh, That's what we might actually think that after listening to our podcast, um, many of you might think of really building a tiny house. Um, What about you, Bianca? Do you have motivation <laughs> to build or live in a tiny house after this podcast project now? Um, although I've heard about many difficulties, I still have this uh, romantic image of tiny houses, I think. And I was thinking about it, especially because um, I think that um, there are some spots where I usually or I used to wish to have a cottage, for example. But I think if like if you really have your own cottage, you're really bound to a certain area. And so I kind of like the idea of being in theory able to move with a tiny house. So maybe um, I will give it a thought. So, but first of all, maybe I should just test and uh, living in a tiny house. So uh, maybe I just need to come to Berlin for a couple of days first, or maybe there are some other options as well as we might hear at the end of our podcast. But that's just a little teaser for all of you. I would agree that it's not always easy to have this process uh, building a tiny house from scratch and to move in and to organize uh, the living in a tiny house. But I would say, yeah, it's worth it. And for every problem, there's a solution. And you will always uh, find the solution in the process, I would say. Um, yes, I think that's what also our um, interview partner said. And I think we should um, give them their voice too, just to tell us um, what the most important advice from their perspective is. So it's quite uh, complicated to find some information in uh, Czech language. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's why I decided to um, write uh, about all the steps I'm doing uh -huh. because like this it can help people so it looks like if you are looking for some information especially in Czech language you can follow Nika on Instagram and Bianca can tell us how you can do it right uh, exactly uh, she has an Instagram account called muy tiny 
like my tiny insect and just follow her. So even if it's sometimes lots of work and there will be some issues and struggles you will have to manage, I think there are also some positive thoughts that will guide you the way along. And let's listen to Antonine regarding this. Yeah, I think um, Antonine really has a positive approach to tiny houses. Don't Do worry, it. Don't that, uh, <laughs> there will be some huge problem because uh, I think uh, like all the stuff we do sometimes has some trouble. So when you come to the point that you don't know how to solve something, mm. there is always a way. So you don't have to be worried. It's like if you don't know something, you can always go to the internet, Google lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. These days, there's, there are lots of videos on uh, how to uh, build a tiny house. <laughs> yeah, how to build a tiny house. So you, can, you can get a lot of inspiration. Before you check out all these YouTube videos on how to, like, how to build a tiny house, please listen to Marta, what she has to say. And if you are currently living in a big space, you should definitely first do like a two to three week vacation in a tiny house. So you actually get a feel for what it's like to live so small. Well, I think that's a quite a good advice because I have the feeling that some people are just very enthusiastic about tiny houses. Then they, they buy one for, let's say, 30,000 euro or something. And after some weeks, uh, they are like, oh, oh no, it's too small. <laughs> I'm moving out again. <laughs> so better test it if it's the way you like to live, actually. And if you want to test it, and that's the little teaser I've made before, uh, I was not only talking about Nika's Instagram channel, but actually that's her plan um, because she really... Uh, found many people who helped her with building her tiny house and she wants to give something back to the tiny house community and to people who plan to build a tiny house. So once her tiny house is finished, she wants to give other people uh, the possibility to live in her tiny house for a few days or a couple of weeks um, and just to get a feel exactly for the space um, uh, in the tiny house and so that one can better imagine where to put what and how it actually is to live in a tiny house. So I hope we could give you an impression of different aspects of living in a tiny house and especially aspects regarding sustainability and ecological living. Yeah, maybe you are now interested in moving in a tiny house tomorrow and you can't wait to realize your new plans. Um, maybe you think it's not uh, a thing for you. Um, that's fine as well. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. We can certainly see that there is a big interest in tiny houses uh, on both sides of the border, both in the Czech Republic and in Germany, and that also the motivations and reasons behind, uh, behind it are very, very similar. And we'll see how many more tiny houses we are going to see both in Germany and in the Czech Republic. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you want to find out more about the program and listen to other podcasts from this year's uh, CGIPP program, check out our website, 